0: Alright, alright. Okay, okay. What's up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. going to spit some facts, like always, of course. Hope you guys are doing great today, and I hope you guys enjoyed my episode this morning. we we'll me recapping Game 2 of Round 2 between my New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins. It's a fun game. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. But now it's time to review AEW Double or Nothing 2021. And let me just say, this was definitely worth $50. Definitely was worth it. It was an amazing pay-per-view. AEW has done a great job in creating new stars, even though some people don't want to believe it. AEW's been amazing creating new stars. And on this on this pay-per-view, they did exactly that. They did exactly that. So, like I said, I don't watch the pre-shows, you know, when it comes to any wrestling event, I don't watch the pre-shows at all. Unless if I go to wrestling, that's different. But I heard that Serena Deep did retain the NWA women's title, women's world title against. Rio, and I heard it was a good match. Serena Deeb was doing some pretty, you know, heelish things in that match, so I'm pretty interested to see Serena Deeb as a heel. So that's pretty cool. And you know, she got redemption against Rio because Rio beat her back in the women's tournament back in February, so that was sweet revenge right there for her. So that was good. And now we get to the first match on the main card it's the Hangman versus the Machine. Hangman and Page versus the Machine Brian Cage. I gotta say, I love Brian Cage's attire. That was pretty cool. The way that he came out, he looked like the Terminator. That was, like, really cool to see. Now, let me just say, let me just say one quick thing. It was really nice to see a packed house. It really was. The crowd was insane throughout the whole night. I'll tell you, I almost felt like crying half the time during the show. It was just beautiful. That's wrestling for you right there, man. It'll do it to you. Just seeing crowds back, it, it's great. It's great. Love it. Absolutely love it. And what a way to kick off the show with Hangman versus Brian Cage. These two put on a good match. And it was one-on-one. Taz was on commentary. Being funny as always. And just spewing the shit. Gotta love Taz. Taz is awesome. And Cage. This was definitely... Like, one of the um, people I follow on Twitter said this is like... This is Brian Cage's best match in AEW. And I gotta agree. I would say prior... To this match, I would say Brian Cage's best match was definitely against John Moxley to fight for the Fallen for the AEW World Title. Other than that, Cage has put on good matches, but this was really good. This is definitely his best match in AEW so far. I got to agree. Definitely got to agree. Him, him and Hangman show they have great ring chemistry. They put on a decent match back in April on Dynamite. It was a short match, but this time a little bit longer, and they put on a great performance. Cage looked as dominant as ever. Destroying hangman from time to time and hangman just keep getting back up and back up and back up. It's just it was fun. It was a great match. I really enjoyed it. It was a great way to start off double or nothing. You know, Cage is destroying Hangman, just giving it to him. He just looked like a monster. He absolutely looked like a monster. Match goes on for a while. These two did some pretty cool spots. Actually, one off the top rope. They did some pretty cool spots. Also, like I think uh Really Brian Brian Cage like power bombed hangman on the stage and I was like, Jesus. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> you see Brian Cage, that's all physique right there. That ain't no steroids, that's physique right there. Some people say he's a walk-in wellness policy, and I think that's just all muscle right there, to be honest. You know, not everything has to be steroids, you know, a guy doesn't have to look ripped and been taking steroids. It's not the 80s, or the 90s, it's different now, but My God, does Cage look good. Jesus. You know, oh my God. You just look at him. He's just, he screams money. Like, my God. Looks like money. You know, he hasn't really talked as much in AEW. He's talked to him here and there. I want to hear him talk a little bit more. And I think we're going to hear him talk a little bit more because during the match, we saw Hook and Ricky Starks try to get involved. Ricky Starks is outside the ring, you know, because obviously he's got the neck injury, so he's not going to do anything. So, like, Hook tried to get involved. And then Brian Cage was getting mad at it. And I think yeah, it was Ricky Starks that slipped him the FTW title, and Cage didn't want to do it. So now they're really planting the seeds in Brian Cage leaving Team Taz. Well, they basically they planted those seeds at St. Patrick's Day Slam when Brian Cage gave Sting respect and everything, and just walked off. So they really, they really are planting the seeds right there. And I want to just mention, actually, I'll mention it later, mention it later, because you know, let's let's talk about that match because I was going to mention somebody. That Brian Cage should face in the future. Let's actually get to that match later. Let's get to that later. I don't want to like do it right now. But yeah, yeah. so like, they gave him the title, and Brian Cage didn't want to hit Hangman. He wanted to play it fair, so that was something. That's something you really don't see out of a heel. That's when you see somebody that's going to turn into a babyface, that's what happens. Cage didn't do it. Hangman get ba- got back in the ring. Buckshot Lariat, one, two, three, and Hangman and Page gets the W. Also, Brian Cage, he did push away hook right there and that definitely pissed off taz taz was pissed but like i said after that hangman hit the buckshot larry one two three and hangman and page starts off double or nothing with a w great match great match started off that was awesome that was fun and now it's gonna be something to see what happens on dynamite this friday to see what happens with brian cage and team taz it's gonna be something it is gonna be something I think, that's when, I think that's definitely when Taz is going to kick out Brian Cage. And it's going to lead to Powerhouse Hobbs and Brian Cage for the FTW title. Again. But I think this time Powerhouse Hobbs is going to win. So that'll be interesting. But now we get to the next match. This match was fucking fun. For the AEW World Tag Team titles. The Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, The AEW World Tag Team Champions. Versus Jon Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And man, was it fun hearing the crowd singing wild thing when Mox and Kingston came out. That was fun. Oh, my God. That that, that crowd was into it. You know, at first I didn't think the theme song fit Mox right there, but it really does right now. Because he'll get a big reaction every single time. Every single time. Gotta love it. You gotta love it. Well, this match was fun. It started off, you know, with a brawl, you know, and Brandon Cutler tried to get involved and all that shit, you know, and they took him out. But it was a good brawl to start off. But then they finally got in the ring. And I was kind of wondering, like, how this was going to work with the Young Bucks versus Mox and Kingston. Because Mox and Kingston are two different, you know, they're two different opponents for, like, the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks, you know, we're used to seeing the Young Bucks face, like, guys of their style that could fly around the ring. Kind of like you know the Lucha Bros or, you know, the Varsity Blondes or best friends. You know, actually, I don't think they face best friends yet. I don't think they have. I don't believe so. That might happen in the future. Who knows? But you know, you're used to seeing them fly around the ring, you know, or their pony like flies around the ring. Mox and Kingston are very different. Even though Mox, you know, he wrestles a lot outside the ring. Kingston's more like inside the ring. You know, he's not gonna fly around on you like crazy. But no, nah, it was a fun match. It was a great tag team match. I loved it. Absolutely loved the Young bucks being dicks as always. They did the shield pose like, with the fists. Like I was like, wow. Jesus. They really would have drawn so much heat if they would have came out in the shield attire. But I don't think they could have done that. I don't think they could have. So probably they were like, yeah, you don't want to get copyrighted. You don't want to get sued for that. I mean, you can't get sued for the fist and doing Match acts, doing the ooh thing. That's not copyrighted. When he did that, I was like, oh, my God, these guys and people say they're not real heels, but that's what that's what real heels do. That's how they're getting their heat. That's why people hate the young bucks. I saw so many people pissed off after this match for a reason why. It's because the young bucks are doing their job correctly. You want old school heels. The young bucks are old school heels. Even though you may not see them as old school heels. They're kind of like new school, but they do old school tactics. They do the typical heel tactics to win matches. Like, you know, with the, the spray bottle right there. And Mox getting hit with it. And they're spraying in Mox and Kingston's face. And Mox got busted open. They're doing those type of tactics. You can't say they're not real heels. They are. They absolutely are. And the reason why I hate them is because they're doing their job correctly. That's what they're doing. They're doing their job correctly right there. Like, I mean, come on. Seriously? Like I said... I think they have a little bit... You know, they're, they are new school, but they have a lot of old school tactics. And they have a stooge in Brandon Cutler right there. You see that sometimes. Or you saw that a lot in the past. Like, some people would have stooges. Like, some heels would have their stooges. And Brandon Cutler is definitely a stooge. Not Don Callis. He's not really a stooge. It's a heel manager. He's not a stooge. Even though we don't see him at ringside, he's on commentary. You know, does he really need to be... He should really be more at ringside. i like him more at ringside. It'd be much better. But then we did see the Good Brothers, Machine Gun, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallo was getting involved. Then Frankie Kazarian came out. And he took them out. Frank Kazarian. I was like, who is that? But it was Frank Kazarian. He took them out. and he, he chased them off. I was like, oh. Because we know Frank Kazarian said he's going to take down every member of the elite. I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Frankie doing that. Maybe Frankie's going to get a nice singles run. Maybe he'll go after the world title. That would be nice. I wouldn't mind that right there. I think he could put on a good match, you know, for, for the world title. But, man, this was so many near falls right here. With Mox at the paradigm shift, I thought right then and there they were going to win the titles. I was talking to my friend James on FaceTime because he's a big wrestling fan as well. He loves AEW just like I do. And I said, I hope Mox and Kinks win. He said they're not going to win. And you know what? In the end, he was right. He said the unbucks aren't going to drop it to him. He was right, though. He was correct. I hate that he was wrong. I hate I hate wrong. I hate that he was right. Oh my god. I, I I wish that he was wrong, but he wasn't. He was completely right right there. The Young Bucks hit like four BT triggers on Mox and pinned them one, two, three. And the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, retained the AEW World tag team titles. And people were pissed. And right there, that's the thing right there, they did their job. You're not supposed to like them. Yeah, I'm not supposed to like them. You're supposed to hate them with every fiber in your beam. So many people are pissed. Oh my god, the Young Bucks—they've really gotten old school heat. Especially when they did the whole Ric Flair Shawn Michaels thing with it was Matt Jackson doing it to Christopher Daniels. That's how they're drawing heat. They're not copying WWE. Right there. Well, they're not copying everything that they do, but that's how actually they are drawing their heat. Well, can you say they're copying? Actually, let me take that back. Let me let me take that back. Cause yeah, they are. They did copy that. But that's how they're going to draw their heat. So WWE doesn't live rent-free in their heads. So I I did have to pull back on that. Yeah, it is copying. But that's how they're going to draw their heat. That's how they do it. That's that's what they have to do. Not all the time. But they're going to do it sometimes. That's what heels do right there. That's what they do. And I absolutely love it. Great match. You know, I'm kind of thinking, like, down the line, who could the Young Bucks lose to? Because they've been tag team champions since November. So that's... We're we're closing down a year pretty soon. We're halfway there. So... It's been, like, what, seven months now? Yeah, seven months tag team champions. I mean... I think it is better they drop to a young tag team like Varsity Blondes or, like, Best Friends or... Maybe Jurassic Express. That would be nice for Jungle Boy. We'll get to him in a second. Um, maybe Private Party leaves Matt Hardy and the Young Bucks drop it to them. Maybe the Dark Order, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno. They could do that right there because, you know, a lot of people want to see that. That would be really nice. There's a lot of choices, but I think they're going to drop it to a Young Tanzi. It's not going to be Gals and Anderson. Like, Gals and Anderson will leave the elite and they'll officially sign the AEW and they'll do that match. They probably will do that match, but they won't drop it to them. He need to drop to a young tag team, because guys, people would like him. Then you'd be like, but then people would be like, uh, "You could have dropped to a younger tag team, you know." And that's what I think they're gonna do, maybe even top flight when Darius Martin comes back. If they could do that. That'd be fine. Well, actually, no, they need more experience. They've only been around for like a couple of coffees. They need, they need, a lot more time. They're still young. Give them like two or three years, and they need a lot more experience. That's right, to be honest. <laughs> But that was fun, though. But now we get to the Casino Battle Royale. So I'm not going to get to all the entrants right here. I'll just do, like, in order, like, you know, the by the cards. Let me actually pull it up real quick. Like, you know, the spades and the hearts and the diamonds. Let's see. Just see if it shows. I think it will. I don't remember it by heart. So the clubs was Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Dustin Rhodes, and Max Casta. The diamonds were Isaiah Cassidy, Matt Hardy, Preston number ten Vance, Nick Camarano and Serpentico. The Hearts were Brian Pullman Jr., Griff Garrison, Cole Cabana, Anthony Bowens, Penta El Cedo Miero, Mark Quinn. Actually, no, that's the that, is that the heart? Yeah, that's actually that's the end of the hearts. The spades was Jungle Boy Mark Quinn, Aaron Solo, Evil Uno, and Lee Johnson. And the Battle oil wasn't that bad, to be honest. It was okay, and then we we were all finding out who was that mystery Joker going to be. And I was pretty surprised, because this was not a rumor at all. People were saying maybe Andrade, maybe Nick Gage, maybe um, Okada. But it turned out to be the man of the hour, Leo Rush. I was really surprised to see him. I was like, oh my god. Like, when he came out, I was like, wait, who's that? And I was like, oh, Leo Rush, oh, my God. Like, yeah, he was with Bobby Lashley back in 2018 as his manager. He was an annoying heel manager, oh, my God. And then he went to 205 Live and NXT. He was the Cruiserweight Champion for a while. That was actually really cool. And he's under contract with, uh, I believe, Major League Wrestling. So he's not with AEW, per se. Like, him and Tony Khan have a handshake agreement, so he's allowed to appear on Major League Wrestling, AEW, and Japan. So I don't think he's official with AEW, though. I think he could appear for AEW. That was, really, that was surprising, though. That wasn't even a rumor. That wasn't even a rumor. People thought it was going to be Paul White as well, like he was going to come off commentary and maybe go in the ring. I was surprised. I was like, wow, Leo Rush, and he moved pretty good. He got eliminated pretty fast, but he moved pretty good. I was like, all right, cool. That was nice. You know, I was kind of upset that he got eliminated so fast. But I was like, okay, that was interesting. That was a huge surprise. I didn't see that coming. I really didn't. I was really surprised by that. But then it came down to these two guys right here. Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. And I was so surprised by the result. And I was surprised the fans. They were booing Christian Cage. I was like, oh my god, people were just so hyped to see him coming to AEW two months ago. Now he's getting booed. I'm like, oh, alright, damn, like, they're really giving it to Christian Cage. Like, jeez, alright. I, I didn't expect that at all. I was kind of surprised and kind of caught off guard by that. Like, damn. But it came down to him and Jungle Boy, and they put on a pretty good fight towards the end. And and the winner of this match does get an AEW World Title shot. I just to put that out there because I forgot to say that. But in the end right there, Jungle Boy eliminates, shockingly eliminates Christian Cage. And he wins the Battle Royal. So Jungle Boy's getting a world title shot opportunity. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. The crowd popped right away for it. I was like, really? Jungle Boy really won? I was so surprised. I actually had my Christian Cage shirt on. And I wanted Christian Cage to win, but it came down to him and Jungle Boy. I was like, oh, but now I want Jungle Boy to win. It's like, I really want to see Christian Cage versus Kenny or whoever in the future. But damn, if Jungle Boy wins, this is big for his career right here. And Jungle Boy got the win. So Jungle Boy is going to be facing the world champion. We'll get to that later on. because well It's, it's going to be on Dynamite soon, so we'll get to that later on. We'll talk about the matches on Dynamite. I was so happy for Jungle Boy. I couldn't believe it. But everybody says AEW doesn't create new stars. That's what everybody says, but it is what it is. If you wanna believe it, then okay. That's on you then. Well oh, that was fun though. That was a good battle royal. You know, it was good. Shockingly, Christian Cage didn't win. I was really caught off guard by that, but I was so happy for Jungle Boy. He deserves it. And the fact that he's gonna be in the main event scene again, he was in the main event with Cody last year for the TNT title and he he looked like a star. And now we know he's going to face either Kenny Omega, Pac, or Orange Cassidy. He's going to look like a star even more. But now we get to the next match right here. It's Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. And let me just say, I know this match got a bad rap. It definitely did, you know. I understand where people are coming from. From Cody Rhodes' promo a few weeks ago. And they thought it was very tone deaf, you know. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could agree. Definitely could. It was, you know, does do we really need to see an American versus, you know, a guy from England? Like you need to do that whole thing right there. It's, eh, it's not really going to click and it hasn't clicked here in 2021. I thought maybe it would. Yeah, it really didn't. People just wanted the match to happen, get it over with. And to be honest, I know a lot of people were very pissed off with the results I understand that, but you got to understand this: Cody Rhodes was not losing. He was not going to lose, especially he was being the American Dream from one night. It was on the weekend of Memorial Day. He wasn't going to lose. You have to realize that. But he made Anthony Ogogo look like a million bucks, even though this match was almost eleven minutes. Ogogo looked really good. He seriously did. He looked amazing. This is like his first ever, like, you know, real kind of match in a way. It's like two matches he's been in were short matches. But a gogo looked good. I thought he looked very good. I seriously thought he really looked good. He did some pretty cool shit on Cody. He went to the top rope. I was kind of surprised about that. I was like, damn, okay. Cody sold some of his shit pretty good. I thought it was a good match. Really thought it was. especially when Cody put the figure four in a gogo fucking whacked him right there, I was like, jeez, he looked good at Go-Go, he really did, I like what I saw out of him in this match, and you know, QT tried to get involved, Or Anderson, you know, caught, you know, chased him away, and then Cody hit the vertebraker which is a banned move in the other company, he hit a vertebreaker on a Go-Go, and he got the W. You know, if I was booking it, I would have had a go-go win. Because this is his first ever pay-per-view. But Cody made him look really good. You know, you have to realize stars don't just get built overnight. You know, Roman Reigns had to lose a few matches to veterans to become a big star. To who he is right now. John Cena had to lose a few matches to become who he turned out to be. And Randy Orton and Stone Cold and The Rock and Triple H and etc. and et, and et I know I mentioned that from time to time, but it's just true. Ogogo is going to be a star. Is he going to be a star at that level of the, ma- of the names I mentioned? That remains, that remains to be seen, because anything can happen. I know if I, if I said yes, you'd probably laugh at me. If I say no, it will be like, oh, you're a hater. So I'm going to say, I don't know. Maybe. I would like to put him in that category in the future, like in 10 years from now, and say, oh, Anthony Ogogo turned out to be one of the greatest stars in wrestling. And he, he damn well could be. He's very talented. He could speak. His physique is great. For a guy that's never really been a wrestler, he's been a boxer. He got in the ring and he did pretty good. Cody Rhodes made him look good. Who better than Cody Rhodes to make him look good? Cody Rhodes made Shaq look good in the ring. Cody Rhodes is so over-hated. I understand why he gets hated. I'm not a Cody Rhodes hater. I'm absolutely not. I feel bad for Cody because he can never win. Even if he wins a match. Oh, he gets a Jeff Jarrett Triple H treatment. 2.0 treatment, I should say. If he loses, oh, he's such a, why is he such a mid-carder? Why doesn't he just win? It's like, you, what do you guys want out of him? What do you want out of him? You guys want him to be a huge star in the WWE. Now he's trying to become that huge star out of WWE and trying AEW, but now you're giving him hate. Cody didn't bury Ogogo. Ogogo was going to do just fine. He's just getting started. Yes, he should have won, but Cody still made him look good. He still made him look good. And also another name right there, Daniel Bryan. took him a while as well to become who he turned out to be. And Chris Jericho too. It took Chris Jericho a long time to become who he was. It took him a long time to become a world champion. It takes a long time for some people. Rey Mysterio, that's another name. Eddie Guerrero, that's another name. It doesn't just happen overnight like Brock Lesnar right away in, in one year. Or in that year, became champion. Things take time. If you guys were booking wrestling, you, you'd be having multiple title changes like crazy. And weird booking. Yes, Ogogo should have won, like I mentioned, but Cody, for the last time I say, it, Cody made him look good. And Ogogo's going to do just fine. He's going to be a huge star. I can see it. And hopefully I can put him in that category in 10 years. Because he could be one of the biggest stars in wrestling that we see in this generation. He could be. Time will tell. It remains to be seen. I hope that it does. I hope that he does become one of the biggest stars in wrestling. We can talk about it in 10 years and say, wow, that Agogo guy was really good. I hope so, but time will tell. I thought it was a decent match, though. It could have went along a little bit longer, kind of like the next match we're going to talk about, but Cody did his job. He made him look strong. He absolutely did. You want to hate me for saying that? Then that's fine. It is what it is. I like this go-go kid, and he's going to do just fine. Not over yet. guy's not buried. He's just not. I mean, geez. And same thing, look at another guy like Strowman, who's a big guy. Look how long it took him to become champion. He should have been champion right away. But it took him a while. It happens with some people. It just does. Give him more time. He'll be just fine. God... (sighs) <sighs> but now the next match for the TNT title, the TNT champion Miro versus the Murderhawk Monster Lance Archer. This was a short match as well, but I could see why it was a short match because there really wasn't like much of a build up between Miro and Lance Archer. There really wasn't like a huge kind of build up between these two guys. It only been a couple of weeks, but I thought they put on a decent match. It was a short match, but it was decent. You know these two; they were hard hitting each other throughout the whole match. You know, they didn't like give any anybody; they didn't give each other a break at all. They just kept going after each other and after each other and after each other. So and it was like it was a short match. You know, there's nothing really to remember it by. Like there's a couple things like towards the end, like when Jake the Snake came out with the Snake, and by the way, happy belated birthday to Jake the Snake. Returned sixty six on Sunday, so happy belated birthday to Jake. And definitely, there's, I'm definitely going to be watching his uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode you know, about his father and him and his you know siblings. That's going to be pretty hard-hitting right there to watch that. You can definitely tell it's going to be. But I hope that he's doing well because he's overcame so much. So much. And he's still here. So God bless him. So he came out with the snake and Miro. And obviously there wasn't a snake in there because Miro took the bag and he fucking tossed it to the stage. It threw down Jake, brought Jake in the ring and went after them and then Lance Archer went after Miro and these two behemoths just kept on fighting and then Miro went after his um well, as you know Lance Archer was going for the blackout couldn't hit it Miro got out of it and then Miro went right after Lance Archer's spine and I didn't know that Lance Archer actually had spinal surgery a few years ago They think they said like 2016, 2017 I believe they said I actually didn't know that till now or till Sunday I should say and then Miro put him in I was still going to call it the accolade put him in the accolade and they bent him back And Lance Archer knocked out. So by technical submission, it was over. And Miro retains the TNT title. Thank you, God. I mean, I don't mind Lance Archer. I love Lance Archer. I do. But Miro had to retain the TNT title, and I'm happy that he did. Because Miro just won the title a couple weeks ago. It wouldn't make sense for him to lose, to be honest. It wouldn't have made sense. Lance Archer's going to be a champion eventually. It's going to happen, just not yet. It's taking time for him. Miro had to win. Whether you want to like it or not. Miro had to win. Now Miro gets to have a long title reign. Thank you God he's going to. I'm happy that he's going to. We'll definitely see a few open challenges here and there. Like he did with Dante Martin on Dynamite on Friday. Do some open challenges. It'll lead to a big feud. You know. I don't know who's next. But we'll see. I don't don't know what their future plans are for Miro. I just don't know yet. Time remains to be seen. But now we get to. Oh this match was great. For the AEW Women's World Championship. Hikaru Ishida. The AEW Women's World Champion. Versus Dr. Britt Baker. DMD. I got to tip my cap to these two ladies right here. Because they put on a fucking barn burner. They put on a great match. It was awesome. You know. Like I'm at the edge of my seat throughout this whole match right here. Because I'm like praying. To the big man upstairs. Please. Let Britt Baker win the AEW Women's World Title. Please give her that belt because she deserves so much. I've been advocating this for months. Let this be her moment. It's got to happen. But her and Sheeta have got great ring chemistry. In-ring chemistry, absolutely. You know, and obviously, this is redemption for Britt Baker because I know nose got broken by Sheeta last year in QT Marshall's gym. And, you know, Britt Baker getting hurt. I think she, what, she tore ACL on Dynamite last year in May. This is a huge redemption story for her, and they booked Britt Baker pretty slow. They wouldn't put it; they didn't put her right back in the title picture right away. Well, she wasn't really in the title picture to begin with when she got hurt, but they slowly ease her into it. And I was like, that's actually good they did that. At least they didn't throw her right in, you know, right away when she when she came back from an injury. They booked her up; they you know they built her up pretty slow. It's like okay, her booking was kind of slow. It's like, okay, I want to see more Britt Baker. But they were playing it, you know, careful with her. That's what they had to do, and take it easy. It's like, all right, let's just ease her into it. It's like a newborn. You have to ease the newborn into the world. That's what you have to do. Like, just take it easy a little bit. And that's that's actually a good thing that they did. Now, but her and Sheeta put on a great match, and Britt Baker's parents were at ringside because I saw a video of, you know, what happened obviously, and her parents, you know being happy of course but this was a fun match it was good Reba or Rebel you know Reba Rebel whatever the hell <laughs> tried to get involved a couple times and she got tossed from Ringstar. she almost before she got tossed from out. she almost caused she almost caused the Britt Baker the match because she accidentally hit her with the crutch and I was like no 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 no, no. and she depended her one two and she just kicked out Britt Baker I was like oh my god It was so close. I was like, no, don't tell me she just got screwed. I was like, no, 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 no. I would have been so pissed if that would have happened. And the whole crowd was for Britt Baker, The whole way. Which was great. She's so over. She's so over with the crowd, which is awesome. And I'm just getting nerfed at the edge of my seat. Like, please give her the title. Please give her the title. And then when Reba got kicked out from ringside. I'm like, alright, now it's finally one-on-one, but the belt got in the ring. He got the belt in the ring, and Britt Baker hit the curb stomp on Sheeta, right onto the belt, and pinned her one, two, and Sheeta kicks out. I'm like, oh my god, come on, like, Sheeta, I love you, but come on, you gotta drop the belt, please. Come on, you gotta lose. And I was getting so nervous, especially when Sheeta, like, hit her finisher on Britt Baker, the Falcon Arrow. I was like, no, 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 no. And Britt Baker kicked out again. I was like, yes, come on. Like, stop doing this to me. Stop teasing me right here, damn it. Give Britt Baker that title. Let's go. Like, stop teasing me, damn it. It's her time. Please. Do the job, Sheeta. I'm I'm getting, like, at the edge of my seat, like, crazy right here. Like, come on. Ay, ay, ay. But then Britt Baker finally gets her in that lockjaw, and then she finally gets her glove right there and a hand in her mouth. And then Sheeta taps out, and we have a new AEW Women's World Champion. Her name is Dr. Britt Baker DMD. And oh my god, you see Reba come back in hugging Britt Baker? That was something special. Thank you, Lord. Britt Baker's finally champion. She is finally champion. She absolutely deserves it. She she really does. She's one of the most hard-working women in AEW. At first, I really didn't like her in the ring. I thought her ring work was kind of sloppy at first, but she was great on the mic. But ever since she came back from injury, she's improved so much in the ring. She's always been good on the mic, especially since she especially since she turned heel back in 2019, or was was it early 2020? I don't really remember. But um, but yeah, she's always been great on the mic. But in the ring, she has improved so much. And she is amazing. And she deserves the AEW Women's World title. She deserves it. She absolutely deserves it. And now the reign of DMD begins. And Tony Schiavone hopped off commentary. And they embraced. They hugged each other. That was special. That was nice. I thought Schiavone was going to interview her. But they'll probably save that for Dynamite. But that was a nice moment. Sheeta had an amazing run. She really put the AEW women's division on her back in the pandemic era. She really put it on her back. So, you know, congratulations to Sheeta on an amazing AEW women's title reign. She was amazing. She was absolutely amazing. She deserves all the credit right there. She definitely deserves it because she put that AEW women's division on her freaking back. So God bless her oh man I can't wait for Dynamite this Friday I really can't wait but now we get to we got three more matches left the next match right here the strange enigma Darby Allen, the icon Sting versus all eagle Ethan, Ethan Page and the face of the revolution Scorpio Sky and I gotta say for 62 years old Sting looked amazing like he hadn't skipped a beat he hadn't been in the ring in six years. The last time Sting was inside the square circle for a match was against Seth Rollins, the Night Champions for the WWE World Heavyweight Title in 2015. So oh. I'm sure there's a lot of anxiety for Sting. You could say, "Oh, but he's a veteran." Yeah, but he's also 62 years old. But for a guy who's 62 years old, he just looked amazing. He looked like a young man. I was like, "Look at Sting!" I'm saying, "I was like, look at him go." He was he just looked good. He really looked good, I gotta admit. Like, oh my god. That that is something. There really is. Yeah, you know, I don't know how many more times we're gonna see Sting wrestle in the square circle. I really don't know. It I I have a feeling that he's officially gonna retire this year or maybe early next year. Because we know he's not going to be able to go in much longer, you know. He, he's probably got a little more bit left in the tank, but he did lose a little bit in that tank after this match. So I'm sure he's still got, maybe like, he's probably got like half a tank left. And that's not a knock him. Mean, he's 62. It's not like he's 52 where it's like, where he's like Dustin Rhodes' age or like Jericho's age where he's got a lot more left in the tank. It's just, you know, I think he's got like a half a tank right now. That's just how I feel about it. He looked good. He jumped off the freaking um, chips right there, the casino chips, onto Sky and Page. I was like, whoa. I didn't expect that out of Sting. That was awesome. Especially I like, I like that spot as well when Ethan Page grabbed Darby Allin, put him over his shoulders, and he tossed him right into the crowd onto his brothers. I was like, onto Darby Allin's brothers. I was like, oh, my God. And Ethan Page just looked like a star in AEW. And he even mentioned on Twitter like Somebody said to him that he really looks like a star And Ethan Page said that AEW is the only company That's letting him be him And he thanked AEW for it Because they're actually letting him be who he is Or how he wants to be presented That's the great thing about AEW They let you be how you want to be Like how you want to be presented Not how we're going to present you And you're going to be this Like no that's great that is great. And Scorpio Sky, he looked good in this match. I thought Paige did a really good job. Darby looked good. But Sting though, he was awesome. He was awesome during this match. He seriously was. Absolutely loved him in this match. You know, I'm pretty I was nervous too. I was thinking like, okay, Sting 62. You know, I thought maybe he's only gonna do like cinematic matches. Maybe he really wanted to get back in the ring. You can't say Tony Khan forced him to get back in. It had to be Sting's call. I don't think it was Tony Khan's call for Sting to get back in the squared circle. I'm sure it's Sting's call. Say, you know what, I want to get back in the ring. It's not Tony Khan's call. I'm sure that it's not. Because he's the owner of AEW. I mean, yeah, but I'm sure he knows how limited Sting is. You know, It had to be Sting's call. I'm sure if you asked him, I'm sure Sting would say it's his call. And so it's Tony Khan. Tony Khan probably would say, I didn't want Sting to get back inside the squared circle. You know, Tony Khan probably doesn't want him in the squared circle. You know, I'm sure deep down he doesn't want him in the squared circle. But it's it's, Sting's call right there. I'm sure that it is. Like, I'm sure it was The Undertaker's call to do a cinematic match with AJ at WrestleMania 36. Because, you know, Undertaker's very limited, or he was very limited at that time. That was his last match ever, but you know what I mean. What a match, though! This match was great. This is a good match. I enjoyed seeing Sting back in the ring for the first time in six years. Never thought I would see him back in that squared circle ever again. Never thought I would. None of us thought we would. None of us. But it was good, though. I, I really enjoyed it. I seriously did. And seeing Sting get the Scorpion Death Drop on on Scorpio Sky, Scorpio Sky getting pinned by his childhood hero right there, and Sting the RBL and get the W, which was expected. Did Sting have to get the pinfall? I'm going to say, yeah, he did. Because, you know, listen. It was his first match in six years inside the ring. So, he had to get the pinfall. He had to. So, that's nothing wrong with that at all. He didn't bury Scorpio Sky. Like, oh, my God. We're going to start with that again? Like, that's what people will do, though. But you knew that Sting and Darby were going to win. Jesus. It was a fun match, though. It was. It really was. And we'll see like what they'll do with Sting going forward. What he'll do now in the ring. We'll see. But now we get to the three-way match for the AEW World title. Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion. Versus the Bastard Pack. Versus freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. And even though this match didn't have great build-up as well. It was, it was supposed to be Kenny versus Cassidy. Just one-on-one. But Orange Cassidy got hurt in the match against Pack back on Dynamite a couple weeks ago. So they called into Audible. They gave it to Pack and Orange Cassidy. And I'm sure yeah, if Orange Cassidy couldn't compete, it would just be Kenny and Pack then. Which I wouldn't have minded. But this match was... Whew, this was good. Orange Cassidy, he looked good in this match. Because Orange Cassidy has stepped up in big matches. Even like in the, in the promo, he said, I beat Chris Jericho. So you know Orange Cassidy will get serious in the ring. That's why he's lazy gimmick character. His character does get serious at times. In big matches, he does. He shows up in those big matches. He doesn't have any lackluster big match. He just doesn't. So I gotta give him that. He really, really stepped it up in this match. Pac looked amazing. Kenny Omega, he looked really good. You know, everybody said that AEW wasn't going to get past the whole revolution thing what happened at the end of revolution and they they definitely got past it. I'm just saying. People still bring that up, but that's 3 months ago. That's over. That's long gone. That doesn't even exist. But um but yeah. I really thought I really thought it was a good match. It was a great triple threat match. I thought it was fun. It really was. It really, really was. You know, it was fun. All guys looked great in this match. There were so many near falls. It was, oh my god. It got so good. It really did. First thing, I thought Pack was going to win. I thought Orange Cassidy was going to win. Oh my goodness. Orange Cassidy was so close to winning. You hear Dodd Cows on commentary going, shit, 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 shit. And he leaves. He sprints away from the commentary table. Gets to ringside. Orange Cassidy. I believe it was pin Pack. 1, 2. Don Callis breaks up the pin. I'm like, no. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Orange Cassidy was a hair away from becoming world champion. He was that close. But Don Callis. Damn it. Damn you, Don Callis. Come on! I was so pissed right there. I wanted Orzpassy to, to win so badly, and I wouldn't mind if Pac would have won either. I've been happy for him just equally. But oh my god! And especially when Kenny went after the referee, he started hitting the referee with in the back. I'm like, Jesus, Kenny, relax! Oh my god! I was like, What the? Like, why is he beating up on the ref for? He's, he's obviously gonna get fined for that. They'll do that on Dynamite. He'll get fined for attacking a referee. I'm like, what the hell was Kenny doing? But he didn't hit the one-winged angel on anybody at all, and I was just like, okay. But it was getting like, oh my god, like come on, like this match was getting so good. And then Orange Cassidy hit the orange punch on Pack, and then he hits it. Especially even before that, like you know, Kenny was taken out Pack. He hit him with all four belts. So yeah, yeah, Cassie didn't hit it on a pack. He didn't hit it on him. I'll take that back. Kenny took all four of his belts. The Impact Wrestling belt and the AAA belt and then the AEW World Title belt hit pack with all of them. And then Orange Cassie gets back in the ring. Hits the Orange Punch. And then here comes Aubrey Edwards. She gets it a little bit too late. One, two. Kenny kicks out. I'm like, no, come on. So close. And then Cassie gets back up. And Omega rolls him up so fast. One, two, three, and Kenny Omega retains, somehow retains the AEW World title. The Kenny Omega era will live on for the next few months, possibly. I was like, oh my God. I was so pissed right there. People said the finish wasn't good, but that's what a heel does right there. They're going to get that cheap finish, and that's exactly what Kenny got. Man, Orange Cassie, he looked like a star in this match. Pack has always looked like a star I mean, especially look like a star in this match as well. Oh my goodness. I was so pissed that Omega retained. I mean I like Kenny, but I was so pissed. I was fuming that Cassie didn't win. I was like, damn it. He was right there. He had the grasp of his hands right there. You could almost taste the belt. So close. So close. So damn close. But the Omega era lives on. And maybe we'll see Omega versus Cassie one-on-one pretty soon. Oh yeah, and I want to mention, because I almost forgot. Like I mentioned with the TNT title, because you know. Because Miro retained. That's who I want Brian Cage to wrestle, actually. In the future for the TNT title. That would be a great match. But anyway, after the three-way match... Tony Schiavone was inside the ring, and he announced that AEW has a new signing, a new analyst and a coach for AEW Rampage, which is debuting on August 13th every Friday at 10 o'clock, and that man is the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. I was kind of surprised to see Mark Henry debut in AEW. I was like, okay. But then you got all these idiots saying like, oh my god, why is AEW signing X talent? Here's the thing, Mark Henry's not coming in to wrestle. Maybe he'll have like one match or two, but that'll be it. He's coming in as a coach and an analyst, just like Paul White is when Paul White's not a coach, an ambassador and a commentator. But that's it. That's all that there that they are. Mark Henry is a good recognition for AEW because a fan. An old wrestling fan who probably hasn't watched wrestling in a while could probably go on his phone and say, Oh, Mark Henry signed with AEW. What's AEW? Because some fans probably, some people probably don't know what it is. There's probably some wrestling fans that haven't watched wrestling in years and can say, oh, what's AEW? Oh, Mark Henry signed there. Wow, Mark Henry? Oh, and Paul White's there the Big Show? Oh, I might have to tune in. And there you go. i how you get people interested. Mark Henry's a household name. 2011 was his year. Like, my God. But I'm excited about it. I seriously am. People can get mad about it and say, oh, and this. I think it's good. And it's not because of my mark. I think it's actually good. People would say whatever they want. Well, that's on them then. They want to get mad, then then go right ahead. I could care less, to be honest. But now, let's look to Dynamite now on Friday. Because Dynamite will be on Friday again. Uh, This week. Let me just... get the card for Dynamite for this Friday. So announced for this week's Dynamite, Mark Henry will speak. Britt Baker will have her championship celebration. Dustin Rhodes will face off against Nick Camarado in a Bull roll match. And ultimately, I thought of Randy Orton versus Dusty Rhodes at the Great American Bash 2007 in a Bull roll match. So that'll be interesting. We got Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson versus QT Marshall and Anthony Agogo. Okay. And we also have the Young Bucks, the AEW World Tag Team Champions, Matt and Nick Jackson versus Pac and Penta El of Death Triangle. That most likely will be the main event. I feel like it will be. And that will be interesting. And also in two weeks, it will be Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy for the AEW World Championship. Obviously, Jungle Boy is not going to win. It's going to be a really good match. They're jumping right into it. Kenny's gonna make Jungle Boy look like a freaking star. He absolutely is. He absolutely is. I know, I already know that Jungle Boy's not winning, but that's fine by me. But now we get to our main event of the show the Stadium Stampede, the Inner Circle, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana Ortiz versus the Pinnacle, MJF, Wardlow, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, and Sean Spears. And this stadium stampede was definitely better than last year's. This was fun. And it actually got back to the ring. In Daly's place. To finish off. And this match wasn't. It wasn't taped. It wasn't cinematic. It was actually live. It actually was live. I was like, real. I was like, this is actually live? I thought it was taped or cinematic. But it wasn't. It was actually taped. But Oh my god. It actually wasn't taped. It was actually live. I was like. Okay, I was of caught off guard by that. But it was fun. It was a fun match. People can say whatever they want. I enjoyed it. I thought it was very entertaining. I thought it was good. It was more serious than last year. Last year last year's one was more comedy. You know, because like I said, what the world was going through last year, I think AEW thought, you know what, we got to add some humor, we got to add some comedy. The world's in so much pain right now. Whoever's watching this, just, just sit back and enjoy a laugh. This was more serious, though. The stakes were high because if the inner circle lose, they're done. So I understand why, you know, they did that. They had it more serious. the stakes were high right there. But I enjoyed this match, I seriously did. I thought it was great and I loved it. I really thought it was good, especially Jericho and MJF going back and forth with each other. I saw an Urban Meyer cameo. Urban Meyer, the new Jaguars head coach, throwing. Giving Jericho footballs and he was throwing at MJF. I was like, "Oh my god!" And Jericho looked good in this match. Everybody did their part. They looked great, especially when Hager and Wardlow were going at it. They were destroying each other, like you know, like the big men should. You know, Guevara and Spears did some pretty cool stuff. You know, Santana and Ortiz and Dax and Cash. You know, they were like in a bar right there. We saw a cameo from Conan. That was pretty cool. And they were fighting in the bar. That was pretty cool. They all, they shared a drink before they started fighting. So that was respect right there. They all shared a drink. And then they just brawled and beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> so it's like a sign of respect right there. And hopefully we get those two tag teams, you know, in a tag team match pretty soon on Dynamite. Because that would be really good. That would be fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it was, yeah, it was back and forth, you know... They really, like, put the spotlight... It wasn't really on Jericho and MJF, mostly, to be honest. That's just what I felt right there. But, you know, they did some pretty cool stuff as well, like I was mentioning. Like, you know, Jericho even stapled MJF's head. I was like, oh, my God. Like, she's beating him with the bat. Like, oh, my God. Jesus. This was just... something. It was more violent than last year, I felt like, as well. It really was. And, you know, they finally get back into Daly's place, you know. And like I said, that's when I knew it was live. I was like, oh, wow, this actually wasn't taped or cinematic. Like, okay, interesting. They get back into Daly's place. Jericho and MJF beating up each other. And I thought MJF was going to throw Jericho on. I was like, no, 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 no way he's going to do that. (laughs) They were all beating up each other. And then they all came. I think it was, like, yeah, just like Jericho and MJF. And, like, Jericho took out MJF. And then, yeah, it was Guevara and Sean Spears in the ring. I was really surprised it came down to Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara. I was like, wow, it's actually coming down to these guys. Okay, here we go. And Guevara and Spears were beating the hell out of each other. And, you know, Spears was going to do to Guevara what he did to him back in uh, back in March. Like how he, like, threw his head like right into the table. Or kicked his head, not into the table, kicked his head into a chair, I meant to say. But then Guevara got redemption on him and did it to him. Guevara did his finisher on Sean Spears. I was like, no way. One, two, three, and that was it. The Inner Circle gets the win in the stadium. Stand peed. Sammy Guevara actually got the W for them. I was like, whoa, like really? Look at, that's what you gotta love about AEW right there. They're giving their young stars the spotlight right there. Like Jungle Boy winning the Battle Royal, now he's gonna face Kenny Omega in the main event two weeks for the AEW World Title. And Sammy Guevara got the pin the inner circle in the main event. Sammy Guevara got the pin in a main event of a pay per view. You know that he's gonna be future world champion. We know that him and Jungle Boy are both future world champions. That's what AEW is doing there. Like they do push their stars right there. They are creating their stars, giving them that spotlight on pay per views. Everybody thought Christian Cage was gonna win the Battle Royal, especially me. It didn't happen. I'm pretty sure a lot of people thought Jericho was gonna get the pin on MJF. No, they like they gave the pin for Guevara. People should not complain about that. You should be happy AEW gave Guevara that big spoiler right there. That's a huge form right there in the main MMM event pay-per-view. That is huge. He's going to be pushed to the moon. He's going to be pushed to the moon now. That was huge. And that was fun. And this was fun. And Double or Nothing was fun. Loved it. We know that we got All Out in September. I believe it's going to be September 5th again. You know, last year was on September 5th, it was on a Saturday. September 5th now is on a Sunday, so they're sticking with September 5th. But then for full gear, it's going to be November 6th, that'll be a Saturday. So full gear is when the official go back to going on a Saturday. I get why they're doing it, because it's going to be the Labor Day weekend. The, like, the, the day the All Out pay-per-view is Labor Day weekend. The next day is Labor Day, so I get it. So that's the next pay-per-view in three months, All Out, September 5th. Hopefully it's better than last year, because All Out last year was... Ugh. I heard it wasn't that good. I didn't get to see it, but I heard it wasn't that good at all. Or right, not that it wasn't good at all. It was kind of lackluster. Didn't, li- didn't, li- didn't live up to expectations. You know? It was kinda of eh. It was meh. I would say. But yeah, that was fun right there. It was a fun main event. It was good, especially seeing Gavar get the pin was huge for his career right there. And people say, oh, is buried, Matt Hardy buried him, well. Whatever the whole Sammy of Art burial things went out the window went out went out the window after double or nothing. Because he got the W right there for them in the main event we're talking about here. That's big right there for him. and it's big for Jungle Boy winning the battle royal. AEW is creating their new stars, but people don't want to believe it though. That's on you then. If you're not here for the ride, then you know what? You might as well just leave and get off. If you're not on the AEW hype train, or if you're not And with the AEW hype train Then you know what There's your stop Get the hell off Simple as that Oh man guys This was fun Thank you guys for listening Like always Thank you I know I don't want to sound like a huge mark I know I'm going to But thank you To AEW And thank you To Tony Khan For getting me back in To pro wrestling because I was thinking of quitting watching wrestling until AEW came around. I was ultimately hooked on on it. On October 2nd, 2019, after the Cody Rhodes-Sammy Guevara match. I was ultimately hooked. So thank you. If you want to call me a mark for saying that right there, thank you, Tony Like God forbid me saying thank you makes me sound like a mark. I'm saying thank you because I'm very appreciative for what they've done. You don't have to like AEW. You can hate it if you want. If you want to hate it, go right ahead. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll completely respect your opinion. That's fine. Your beliefs. You don't like AEW. You want them to n- not succeed. That's on you then. That's fine. But I love AEW. I can make you sound like a Mark, a fanboy. That's fine. I'll take that as a goddamn compliment. And I'm proud of it. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Tony Khan and AEW. Everything that you guys have done to get me back into professional wrestling. To get multiple people back into professional wrestling. I thank you for that. And I thank you guys again for listening. You guys are the best, best listeners in the world. And I mean that. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow morning. Recapping game five between my Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. Hopefully, we move on tonight. Thank you guys once again. Love you guys. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow morning.